Section 44, Volume 5 of The Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, translated by Richard Burton. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 5, Section 44. When it was the five hundred and twenty-ninth night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that King Tegmus and his son and daughter-in-law went up to the terrace roof and enjoyed a prospect of the gin guards battling with the beleaguering host, and King Kafid, still hanging between heaven and earth, also saw the slaughter of his troops, and wept sore and buffeted his face. Nor did the carnage cease among the army of Hind for two whole days, till they were cut off even to the last man. Then Janshah commanded a Merid, by the name Shimwal, chain up King Kafid with manacles and fetters, and imprison him in a tower called the Black Bulwark. And when his bidding was done, King Tegmus bade beat the drums and dispatched messengers to announce the glad news to Janshah's mother, informing her of his approach. Whereupon she mounted in great joy, and she no sooner espied her son than she clasped him in her arms and swooned away for stress of gladness. They sprinkled rose-water on her face till she came to herself, when she embraced him again, and again wept for excess of joy. And when the lady Shamsa knew of her coming, she came to her and saluted her, and they embraced each other, and after remaining embraced for an hour, sat down to converse. Then King Tegmus threw open the city gates, and dispatched couriers to all parts of the kingdom, to spread the tidings of his happy deliverance. Whereupon all his princely vassals and emirs, and the grandees of the realm, flocked to suit him and give him joy of his victory and of the safe return of his son. And they brought him great store of rich offerings and curious presents. The visits and oblations continued for some time, after which the king made a second and a more splendid bride-feast for the princess Shamsa, and bade decorate the city and held high festival. Lastly, they unveiled and paraded the bride before Janshah with apparel and ornaments of the utmost magnificence. And when her bridegroom went in to her, he presented her with an hundred beautiful slave-girls to wait upon her. Some days after this the princess repaired to the king, and interceded with him for Kafid, saying, Suffer him return to his own land, and if henceforward he be minded to do thee a hurt, I will bid one of the jinn-guard to snatch him up, and bring him to thee. Replied Tegmus, I hear, and I obey, and bade Shimwal bring him the prisoner, who came manacled and fettered, and kissed the earth between his hands. Then he commanded to strike off his chains, and mounting him on a lame mare, said to him, Verily Princess Shamsa hath interceded for thee. So be gone to thy kingdom, but if thou fall again to thine old tricks, she will send one of the merids to seize thee and bring thee hither. Thereupon King Kafid set off for homewards, in the sorriest of plights. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased to say her permitted say. When it was the five hundred and thirtieth night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that King Kafid set off homewards in the sorriest of plights, while Janshah and his wife abode in all solace and delight of life, making the most of its joyance and happiness. All this recounted the youth sitting between the tombs unto Bulukiya, ending with, And behold, I am Janshah, 
who witnessed all these things, O my brother, O Bulukiya. Then Bulukiya, who was wandering the world in his love for Mohammed, whom Allah bless and keep, asked Janshah, O my brother, what be these two sepulchres, and why sittest thou between them, and what causeth thy weeping? He answered, Know, O Bulukiya, that we abode in all solace and delight of life, passing one year at home and the next at Takni, the castle of jewels, whither we betook not ourselves but in the litter borne by the marids and flying between heaven and earth. Quoth Bulukiya, O my brother, O Janshah, what was the distance between the castle and thy home? Quoth he, Every day we accomplished a journey of thirty months, and the time we took was ten days. We abode on this wise a many of years, till one year we set out for the castle of jewels, as was our wont, and on the way thither alighted from the litter in this island to rest and take our pleasure therein. We sat down on the river-bank, and ate and drank, after which the lady Shamsa, having a mind to bathe, put off her clothes and plunged into the water. Her women did likewise, and they swam about a while, whilst I walked on along the bank of the stream, leaving them to swim about and play with one another. And behold, a huge shark of the monsters of the deep seized the princess by the leg, without touching any of the girls, and she cried out and died forthright, whilst the damsels fled out of the river to the pavilion to escape from the shark. But after a while they returned, and taking up her corpse, carried her to the litter. Now when I saw her dead, I fell down fainting, and they sprinkled water on my face, till I recovered and wept over her. Then I dispatched the gin-guards to her parents and family, announcing what had befallen her, and in the shortest time they came to the spot and washed her and shrouded her, after which they buried her by the riverside, and made mourning for her. They would have carried me with them to their own country, but I said to King Shalan, I beseech thee to dig me a grave beside her tomb, that when I die I may be buried by her side in that grave. Accordingly the king commanded one of his merits to do as I wished, after which they departed, and left me here to weep and mourn for her till I die. And this is my story, and the cause of my sojourn between these two tombs. And he repeated these two couplets. The house, sweetheart, is now no home to me, since thou art gone, nor neighbour neighbourly. The friend, while whom I took to heart no more, is friend, and brightest lights lose brilliancy. But when Bulukiya heard out Janshah's tale, he marvelled, and Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased saying her permitted say. When it was the five hundred and thirty-first night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that when Bulukiya heard out Janshah's tale, he wondered, and exclaimed, By Allah, methought I had indeed wandered over the world, and compassed it about but now I forget all I have seen after listening to these adventures of thine. He was silent a while, and then resumed, I beg thee, of thy favour and courtesy, to direct me in the way of safety. So Janshah directed him into the right road, and Bulukiya farewelled him and went his ways. All this the serpent queen related to Hasib Karim al-Din, and he asked her, But how knowest thou of these things? And she answered, O Hasib, thou must ken that I had occasion, some five-and-twenty years ago, to send one of my largest serpents to Egypt, and gave her a letter for Bulukiya, saluting him. So she went there willingly, for she had a daughter in the land called Bint Shumuk, 
and after asking Anent Baluchia she found him, and gave him my missive. He read it, and replied to the messenger snake, Thou comest from the queen of the serpents whom I am minded to visit, for I have an occasion to her. She replied, I hear and obey. Then she bore him to her daughter, of whom she took leave, and said to her companion, Close thine eyes. So he closed them, and opening them again, behold, he found himself on the mountain where I now am. Then his guide carried him to a great serpent, whom he saluted, whereupon quoth she, Didst thou deliver the missive to Bolukia? And she replied, Even so, and he hath accompanied me here, and he standeth. Presently Bolukia asked after me, the serpent queen, and the great serpent answered, She hath gone to the mountain calf with all her host, as is her wont in winter, but next summer she will come hither again. As often as she goeth thither, she appointeth me to reign in her room during her absence, and if thou have any occasion to her, I will accomplish it for thee. He said, I beg thee to bring me the herb which whoso crusheth and drinketh the juice thereof, sickeneth not neither groweth grey nor dieth. I will not bring it, said the serpent, till thou tell me what befell thee, since thou leftest the queen of the serpents, to go with Aphan in quest of King Solomon's tomb. So he related to her all his travels and adventures, together with the history of John Shah, and said at last, Grant me my request, that I may return to mine own country. Replied the serpent, By the virtue of the Lord Solomon, I know not where is to be found the herb whereof thou speakest. Then she bade the serpent which had brought him thither, carry him back to Egypt. So the messenger obeyed her, and said to him, Shut thine eyes. He did so, and opening them again found himself on the mountain Mukatam. When I returned from the mountain calf, added the queen, the serpent, my deputy, informed me of Baluchia's visit, and gave me his salutations, and repeated to me his story and his meeting with Janshah. And this, O Hasib, is how I came to know the adventures of Baluchia and the history of Janshah. Whereupon Hasib said to her, O queen, deign recount to me what befell Baluchia as regards his return to Egypt. She replied, Know, O Hasib, that when he parted from Janshah, he fared on nights and days until he came to a great sea, and so he anointed his feet with the juice of the magic herb, and walking over the face of the waters, sped onwards till he came to an island, abounding in trees and springs and fruits, as it were the Garden of Eden. He landed and walked about till he saw an immense tree, with leaves as big as the sails of a ship. So he went up to the tree, and found under it a table spread with all manner of meats, whilst on a branch of the branches sat a great bird, whose body was of pearls and leek-green emeralds, its feet of silver, its beak of red carnelian, and its plumery of precious metals. And it was engaged in singing the praises of Allah the Most High and Blessing Mohammed, on whom be benediction and peace. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased to say her permitted say. When it was the five hundred and thirty-second night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that when Baluchia landed and walked about the island he found therein many marvels, especially a bird whose body was of pearls and leek, green emeralds, and its plumery of precious metals, and it was engaged in singing the praises of Allah the Most High and blessing Mohammed, upon whom be benediction and peace. Seeing this, he said, Who and what art thou? Quoth the bird, 
I am one of the birds of Eden, and followed Adam when Allah Almighty cast him out thence. And know, O my brother, that Allah also cast out with him four leaves of the trees of the garden to cover his nakedness withal, and they fell to the ground after a while. One of them was eaten by a worm, and of it came silk. The gazelles ate the second, and thence proceeded musk. The third was eaten by bees, and gave rise to honey. Whilst the fourth fell in the land of Hind, and from it sprang all manner of spices. As for me, I wandered over the face of earth till Allah deigned give me this island for a dwelling-place, and I took up my abode here. And every Friday, from night till morning, the saints and princes of the faith flock to this place, and make pious visitation, and eat from this table spread by Allah Almighty. And after they have eaten, the table is taken up again to heaven. Nor doth the food ever waste or corrupt. So Bulukiya ate his fill of the meats, and praised the great Creator, and presently, behold, there came up Al-Khaizer, with whom be peace, at sight of whom Bulukiya rose, and saluting him, was about to withdraw, when the bird said to him, Sit, O Bulukiya, in the presence of Al-Khaizer, on whom be peace. So he sat down again, and Al-Khaizer said to him, Let me know who thou art, and tell me thy tale. Thereupon Bulukiya related to him, all his adventures from beginning to end, and asked, O my lord, how far is it hence to Cairo? Five and ninety years' journey, replied the prophet. Whereupon Bulukiya burst into tears, then falling at Al-Khaizer's feet, kissed them, and said to him, I beseech thee, deliver me from this strangerhood, and thy reward be with Allah, for that I am nigh upon death, and I know not what to do. Quoth Al-Khaizer, Pray to Allah Almighty that he permit me to carry thee to Cairo, ere thou perish. So Bulukiya wept and humbled himself before Allah, who granted his prayer, and by inspiration bade Al-Khaizer bear him to his people. Then said the Prophet, Lift thy head, for Allah hath heard thy prayer, and hath inspired me to do what thou desires. So take fast hold of me with both thy hands, and shut thine eyes. The prince did as he was bidden, and Al-Khaizer stepped a single step forwards, and then said to him, Open thine eyes. So Bulukiya opened his eyes, and found himself at the door of his palace at Cairo. He turned to take leave of Al-Khaizer, but found no trace of him. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased saying her permitted say. End of section 44 Recording by Bill Borst